Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Bob is a healthy guy. He goes to the gym five days a week, eats right, and has a BMI of 24. He presents to the office with his first middle tarsal head being red, swollen, and painful. When I tell him it's gout, he says, how did this happen to me? Today we examine a myth and management issues concerning acute gout. I'm Frank Domino, and with me today is Alan Ehrlich, Clinical Associate Professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and Executive Editor of Dynamed. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thanks, Frank. Tell us a little bit about the new evidence regarding uh, acute management of gout. So the management of gout is, hasn't changed that much uh, in terms of dealing with the acute pain. We typically use some type of anti-inflammatory, such as colchicine or uh, an NSAID, or if you need to, you could use uh, some type of steroid. What's changed, though, is issues around the, the idea of preventing gout and whether you can start your prevention therapy when you are treating the acute attack. If it's the first attack, you may want to defer on a decision about uh, urate-lowering therapy, but if this is uh, someone who's at high risk for recurrence or this is more than uh, you know, the second or more attack within a year, then you should be thinking about urate-lowering therapy. We used to think you had to wait for the acute attack to subside, but there's some evidence that says no, you can start the urate-lowering therapy as soon as you have your anti-inflammatories on board. Alan, that just seems remarkable. Uh, we were taught something very, very differently. Can you give me an example of how you might go about um, addressing Bob and his acute pain? So I think I would want to first get him on some type of anti-inflammatory, let's say colchicine. And so I would probably uh, start him with uh, 1.2 milligrams of colchicine, uh, followed by another 0.6 an hour later. And then probably if I'm going to be planning on beginning allopurinol, I need to continue that colchicine. Typically, you want to have some type of anti-inflammatory on board for at least six months when you are starting uh, urate-lowering therapy. Typically, I, I would use allopurinol. You can use febuxostat, but allopurinol has a long history, and, and it's a drug I understand very well. And so I would typically, I used to wait until the acute attack subsided. Again, as we were talking about some new evidence, there was a systematic review published in rheumatology last year, which basically showed that if you start the allopurinol right away, once you have the colchicine on board, then you get no increase in the number of attacks uh, that occur within the first 30 days, and there's no increase in residual pain at 10 to 15 days. So it appears that it's safe to begin your rate-lowering therapy right when you're starting your anti-inflammatory therapy. That's amazing. So that's, that's something that's very different than what we have been assuming for at least the last 25, 30 years in the management of gout because, as I've been always taught, if you start urate therapy, urate-lowering therapy too quickly, you can induce another attack. And the systematic review calls that into question. Right. So is, the key caveat is you have to have some type of 
uh, anti-inflammatory protection when you're starting that urate-lowering therapy. I think colchicine is most commonly used, and you know, the standard dose would be 0.6 milligrams twice a day. Uh, but you can use NSAIDs or even uh, steroids if you need to, although when you're using those, the issue of how long you use them may change because they don't have as uh, good a safety profile as colchicine. Okay, so to summarize, be aggressive, start with an anti-inflammatory. For patients with recurrent attacks, consider adding urate-lowering therapy. Um, allopurinol, that's 300 milligrams, uh, do you wait a day or two to start that, or do you, do you go ahead and start it on the same day as, as the anti-inflammatory? I would uh, plan to start it either the same day or a day or two later, but I wouldn't start at 300 milligrams. Typically, I'm going to start at 50 or 100 milligrams. Uh, it depends upon kidney function. If they have impaired renal function, you want to uh, start it at 50 milligrams, normal renal function, uh, you can start at 100. You talked about people have recurrent attacks. A couple other populations to think about. Anyone who's had uh, kidney stones of any sort, or if you have had uh, a decrease in your renal function, these are at pe people who are at increased risk of n more gout attacks and probably could be started right away. Also, if you have someone who's on a diuretic like a thiazide, then if they need that for management of other medical conditions, you probably should think about starting your urate-lowering therapy right away because they're going to have another attack. They're going to have another attack. That's, that's really interesting. Well, that, that's a practice changer and, and a myth buster. So thanks for bringing that to our attention. What other things should we be talking to our patients about who have recurrent gout attacks? What, what are the, should they do in their lifestyle that would help prevent a recurrence? So I think the most significant thing is the uh, dietary changes. You want to avoid uh, foods that are high in purine. And you know, typically these are like organ meats and things like that. Uh, so, you know, <clears throat> if you like chopped liver, well, that probably should come off your list. Things like that. How about having a steak? Is that is that acceptable? So I, I think a steak in of itself is okay. You're a very strict low purine diet tends to be something that is hard to adhere to, and then the next thing you know, people aren't paying attention at all. So. Uh, usually, I'll give the patients a handout of the high purine foods and mm -hmm. just counsel them on that. Any thoughts about hydration status and what to drink? Um, hydration status is important. You want people to be well hydrated. A lot of this has to do with reducing the likelihood of developing uh, any type of kidney stone. Um, I, I don't have any particular suggestions on uh, fluids. Anything that you uh, normally tell your patients? I normally tell patients, well, patients with gout and those who are at risk for kidney stones to watch carbonated drinks, make sure, sure. they stay very, very well hydrated. I, I do worry about uh, my gout patients because they always say, gee, I love shrimp or I love lobster and, and I can't eat that. I tell them that most things in moderation are probably acceptable if they're very, very well hydrated and they're not taking anything that dramatically dehydrates them, like a large amount of alcohol with it. Any thoughts about patients who are on an anti-inflammatory, on a urate-lowering therapy, and are still getting recurrent episodes of gout? What should be the next steps? Well, the first thing you want to be doing is checking what's the urate level. Your goal is to get the urate, <coughs> excuse me, the urate level less than six milligrams per deciliter. And if they've got tophaceous gout, you may even want to be driving that down to f under five. Wow. So you can do th that through a combination of uh, a xanthine oxidase inhibitor. And then if you need to, you could add a uricosuric agent, something like probenicid. 
500 milligrams twice a day. So that would help with the excretion. Again, you have to be careful there in people who have a history of uh, kidney stones or um, you know, if people have impaired renal function, that would be a concern. Any final thoughts on when to stop the anti-inflammatory? You've, you've treated the acute gout attack with colchicine. You've added the allopurinol. They seem stable after a certain period of time. When do you just leave them on the allopurinol? I would um, probably go about six months with the colchicine. Again, you're going to be titrating that allopurinol up uh, to try and drive the uric acid level down. You can go up to about 900 milligrams a day if you need to on the allopurinol. And so uh, if I'm constantly escalating that, then uh, there's still a risk for aggravating uh, the potential for gout. So you have to balance, uh, have you achieved your target urate lowering therapy or not? Great. All right. So to summarize, uh, patients with recurrent gout, put them on some form of an anti-inflammatory, add a urate lowering therapy at the same time, keep them on it for a, a good period of time uh, while you uh, gradually increase the dose of the urate lowering therapy, have them watch their diet, keep well hydrated, and, um, and, and have close follow-up, especially on their renal function. Any, any other thoughts? Yeah, the one thing I would say is if you have someone with no additional risk factors, you're not really sure why they had that first attack, you can wait on the urate lowering therapy till they have a second attack. If it's less than two attacks in a year, then it's not clear that they have to be on urate lowering therapy. And again, this is an opportunity for shared decision making. Some people will say, I don't want to ever have that pain again. And there are a lot of other people who don't want to take a pill every day to prevent a problem that only happens once in a while. Well, thank you, Alan. That was terrific. And it's certainly changed my practice. Uh, with me today was Dr. Alan Ehrlich, and we talked about changing our practice param parameters concerning uh, recurrent gout. Next week, please join us again on Frankly Speaking, where we'll be talking about the best care for the management of acute, subacute, and chronic low back pain. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking about family medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on primed.com. We want to keep making this podcast better with every episode, so we need your feedback. Tell us what you think by submitting your feedback via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or log into primed.com and submit your feedback at the bottom of the episode landing page. Thank you again for listening.